You're listening to Brand to Brand, the marketing show. With your hosts, Thomas Sterling. This is the future. This is where everything goes. And Veronica St. Cyr. Why the hell would anybody buy this? An unfiltered conversation on brand strategy. And it worked like crazy. Marketing trends. I think they're in again. And emerging technology. There's going to be big impacts here. You're excited. I'm pumped. (laughs) All right. Let's kick things off. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're going to talk about marketing campaigns that backfired, alienating brands' core audiences. And I guess today in, in the news cycle, outside of the AI apocalypse, we're hearing about a lot of brand boycotts. What are your thoughts on this, V? Yeah, corporations seem to have become the battleground for social issues with a lot of brands making uh, sometimes bold stands, sometimes what doesn't seem like it should be a bold stand, but Reaches, is. fumbles. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is something we always talk about on this podcast, which is authenticity. That's the key. If you're a brand that's predominantly never supported anything like what you're now supporting, you have to be prepared and know the risk you're taking will likely alienate a large part of your core audience. Absolutely. And today on the show, we're going to examine what happened Maybe what could have been done differently. And with that, let's get into it. It's a little bit of shake and then fake. Shake and fake. That's a big thing. Yeah, you hear it. All right, Bud Light or Target? I'll take Bud Light. That's fine. That's what you want. So I guess I'm stuck with Target. I feel like I just got voluntold I'll take Target, but that's fine. <laughs> so Bud Light, owned by Anheuser-Busch, was first launched in 1982, right when the light beer market was starting to take off. And this is a rapidly growing sector. We talked about previously in this show that they had to really focus their marketing efforts on guys because mm-hmm. guys thought it was kind of girly to drink light beer. But mm-hmm. this has become an iconic beer brand for everything from your college binge drinking to your sporting events. One of the most ubiquitous beers out there. Yeah, they're everywhere. My boyfriend calls them BL smoothies. Yeah, Bud Light (laughs) lattes. Yeah, Bud Lattes. People have lots of names for them. However, the brand recently has come under fire because of a promotional campaign with a transgender influencer and activist. They launched the campaign in many ways to try to reach new audiences. And recently the brand's been really focused around attracting a younger demographic that's really focused on craft beers and hard seltzer. So tell me a little bit about what's going on at Target. (laughs) Yeah, Target. So Target was founded in 1902, uh, originally known as Dayton's Dry Goods Company, then the Dayton Company. Um, Finally, in Minnesota, they opened their first Target store, which was an offshoot meant to be a discount store of Dayton's in 1962, technically. So that was when the actual Target brand burst on the scene. Talking about color theory with these brands, red has always been the absolute main color associated with Target. Fun fact on this color scheme, it's obviously a bullseye like on a dartboard. It was really about Target's ability as a company to hit the mark, hit the bullseye on what their customers wanted. And something I find interesting in 1988, they launched their micro marketing strategy where they made a targeted effort to try to tailor what was in the store, the products they had to the vibe of the the community that they were in. So regionally and locally, depending on what was big in that area, they would try to shift their offering. It kind of seems like that was maybe the first step 
towards what led us to today and why we're talking about Target on the podcast, which is them launching their Pride collection, uh, but more specifically, the Pride collection this year coming under fire, which also led to a Target boycott. So diving into the boycott of Bud Light, it really all started when they formed this partnership with a transgender influencer and activist, Dylan Mulvaney. She received a package of products from Bud Light. They actually created a custom can design for her to celebrate her 365th day of womanhood. And she went into this whole storytelling around March Madness and not really knowing what it was and having anything to do with sports. And just talked about what that partnership meant for her. And there was mass outrage. First and foremost, their typical audience knows sports. They lean heavy into mm -hmm. sports. This was not relating to sports at all. Secondarily, it was celebrating transgender womanhood. Nothing wrong with that. But a big departure from the typical Bud Light commercials that we're used to. Let me play the clip to just talk about what people are hearing. And this clip's just from a couple months after the boycott had happened. A culture war is brewing over Bud Light, dividing beer drinkers as much as the country is itself. The brouhaha stems from Bud Light's short-lived partnership with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Love ya! The fury from the right, enough to dethrone Bud Light as the best-selling beer in America for the first time in two decades. The controversy has taken center stage in Nashville, where two of country music's biggest stars, Garth Brooks and Kid Rock, have bars just steps away from each other on Broadway. Garth Brooks says he plans to carry the beer at his yet-to-open bar. Are we going to have the most popular beers in the thing? Yes. I get it. Everybody's got their opinions. But inclusiveness is always going to be me. A block down Broadway, Kid Rock made his feelings known when he posted this video shooting up cases of Bud Light. In Chicago, at Two Bears Tavern, a bar that caters to mostly gay patrons, they also feel strongly about not serving Bud Light anymore. They believe the brand left Dylan Mulvaney alone on an island to face a mountain of hate. To be a true ally means that you don't push us behind the scenes and say, well, I'm going to give you some money, but I really don't want you to be front and center or public. But in some Nashville bars, the backlash against Bud Light was hardly felt. Are you not bothered at all by this Bud Light controversy? You're like, ah. No, not at all. I don't give a shit. What I do. You know, coming out of that clip, nothing has ever felt this divisive as it does mm. right now. And to see brands that previously were not involved in these conversations throw their hat in the ring, it begs the question, like, where is that line behind, mm. between business and and social issues maybe that line should be obliterated maybe it shouldn't mm. but it is a decision that marketers need to be very thoughtful about making it's all over social media right now and there's so many parody videos tiktok video guy masculine guy walks up grabs a case of bud light turns to the other guy says well i don't know it's never changed me i mean i you know i guess i could still drink it bends over to tie his shoelace and he's wearing a g-string it's the concept that by drinking the beer, something is going to change within you. It's sort of like when coronavirus happened and all of a sudden our friends at Corona mm. were having all sorts of sales issues. How does that happen? I'm not saying that's the reason that they're dropping market share, but it does make up a percentage of it. It certainly does. And for a brand like Target, they face significant controversy this year with its Pride collection. The company rolled out their new collection at the start of May, coming into June, which is Pride Month. The controversy called for a boycott of Target, which had a significant financial impact on the company. Mm. 
And you know I came prepared with a clip to help me tell this tale. Let's hear it. Giant Target lost $10 billion of market value in 10 days as customers push back on the company's pride line. I feel that they're getting too extreme with this whole woke agenda and they should need to ease off because you're going to lose a lot of customers. Viral social media posts show Pride products geared towards children. While Target insists its controversial tuck-friendly bathing suit for transgender women is only for adults. Most boycotts, though, I feel like don't end up affecting the dollars and cents, right? It's mm. a lot of bark, no bite. What's interesting about both of these brands is how much it's actually directly affected them. Oh, there's a bite. And their valuations. There's definitely a bite. You know, I want to know who did the audience research here? Who brought in the core customer, the current customer, the customer that you want to attract, sat everybody down, focus grouped it and said, how is this going to look? Well, then I wonder, too, how many trans people were a part of these conversations? How many members of the LGBTQ community? What is, does someone know, like, one person who thought this was a good idea? I haven't seen in any of the news coverage and any of the stories anyone who is a member of those communities outwardly talking about their perception of this based on who they are and how they identify. Mm -hmm. And it feels like we're missing part of that voice. On the one hand... We're talking about a bathing suit and a design of a can. On the other hand, we're actually talking about a core audience feeling disrupted, mm. looking in the mirror and saying, wait a second, this is where I shop. But is this where I should shop? Is this the place that represents me anymore? Which is a big conversation. We've talked so much on the show and people feel that, and especially with the millennial and, and Gen Z and soon beyond generations, that there's an expectation to shop and I and support brands that you identify with. So that, that presents a unique challenge for marketers. I, one thing in the case of Target that I find so interesting about this entire conversation is the Pride collection was not new. This was not the first time mm, the Pride mm -hmm. collection was available. It's actually, it started a decade ago. So for 10 years, Target has been putting out the Pride collection and has been selling merchandise that is aligned with Pride Month. And I'm sure they got some backlash, but never at the level they did this year. And when you do any research about topics like this or any other brands through this lens of backlash around LGBTQ issues, it always comes back to the Bud Light effect. It's now a moniker. Bud Light is the latest and greatest version and the biggest supernova, but mm. there's been boycotting of brands, both from conservative and democratic points of view, because that's the tribe and it's these tribal points of view and it's our feeds and us all seeing the same thing and us reacting and objecting. This does show how much power people do have, how much power consumers have to rally and wreck a brand, mm -hmm. which again, the pressure on, on marketers and business leaders today to navigate these waters and understand has never been stronger. That audience, understand that audience. For Bud Light, this impacted sales so dramatically, they got ousted and now it's a Mexican beer that's number one in America. I want to play a soundbite from what the CEO had to say. 
Yeah, it's been a challenging uh, few weeks, and I think the, the conversation surrounding Bud Light has moved away from beer, uh, and the conversation has become divisive. And Bud Light really doesn't belong there. Bud Light should be all about bringing people together. Yeah, so uh, what was your intention? What were you all trying to do here? Yeah, it, it was, just to be clear, it was, uh, it was a gift, um, and, it won, and, it was, uh, and it was one can. Uh, but for us, we have to understand um, the impact that it's had, and like I said, that, that impact has, has taken place. One thing that I'd love to make extremely clear uh, is that impact is my responsibility. It was a gift that they gave to Dylan, and then they left Dylan in the dust when it didn't work out for them. I love that he said, we've moved away from beer. It's gotten divisive. This really isn't somewhere Bud Light should be. Well, guess what? You put yourself there. You made it divisive. You took a bet, and you took a chance, and you said, maybe this will play nicely, and it didn't. But you did the classic CEO move, which is this is my responsibility. Every layoff email I at the very you as a CEO. end, in small print. Yeah, half of you are gone. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> but this is not where Bud Light should be. To your point, you're talking about should brands take a stance? Should they not take a stance? Well, definitely don't take a stance like this if you're not going to back it up. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways they could have taken the stance. Okay, in this moment, when you think about your audience, right? What if they actually sat down one of their typical red-blooded American customer base. And then they have Dylan across the way. And the two of them are exchanging a conversation and talking about how they are so different, but where they share common ground. Pop open a Bud Light, actually have a dialogue, right? Have some sips and realize maybe we're not all so different. That's, that's kind great, of an interesting That's a better campaign. campaign. We all like Bud Light, regardless of Whoever how we, we identify. Not, it's for everybody. Yeah, not all of a sudden this is the face of Bud yeah. Light. Not that they went that far, but in some ways for their consumer, they thought, is this, is this the new face? And then guess what? In classic Bud Light fashion, what do they do? Well, they take three months off and then they launch a brand new marketing campaign called Easy to Summer. And narrate what you're seeing, Veronica. Here. Oh, what do you yeah. got? <laughs> Someone's rolling a cooler. Someone just got sunburned. Somebody's looks like almost falling over on a paddle. Nope, fell over on a paddleboard. <laughs> It's all like what's going wrong in the summer. So like someone's going out to the grill, drop stuff. It's really windy at a picnic and shit's getting blown everywhere. Someone, oh, the hammock. Oh, let me guess. They're going to, yep, they're down. They're down. Hammock guy is down. All right. So, I mean, we've heard enough, right? It's, it's a series of events gone wrong. But I think it's a distraction from the situation. Them not wanting to take a stance. And the comments are hilarious to this video. First comment, nobody in this commercial is even drinking Bud Light. Neither am I, nor will I ever. I feel like Helen Keller could read the room better than Anheuser. What my takeaway from this is them saying we fucked up. It's saying all the stuff that goes wrong in summer, including that promotional gift that then turned into this nightmare. And so they're saying, hey, we fucked up. We're going to try to get back to the Bud Light you know and move on. Which, like, so what the hell? You just stirred up all this shit. Why don't you just actually say what you just said instead of doing a nice, fancy, glitzy TV spot? How about have a real conversation? I mean, I I don't hate that as a commercial, but I hate that it's like um, they walked into a room at a party like left a fart and then closed the door. And it was like, ha, boom, deal with this now. Oh God. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're no, you're not. And I think it comes down to 
there was a better way to respond to this from a crisis communication standpoint, and it just doesn't seem like they ever really want to touch that. The CEO apologizing on a morning show is as far as they'd like to go. Speaking of responding to a crisis situation, I would like to read Target's very quick response to pulling Pride merchandise from a lot of their stores. Since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant controversial behavior. Our focus is now moving forward with our continuing commitment to the LGBTQIA community and standing with them as we celebrate Pride Month and throughout the year. I'm sorry, that is a crock of bullshit. We are going to lay down, bow down, step out and say, oops, we're going to just take this merchandise out, but don't worry, we stand with you because we put it in a sentence in a press release. I mean, what are you going to do if you're either of these brands? You're going to get real back down to basics on how you're communicating what you're doing, and you're going to try to figure out a way to make good with your audiences. And if you just try to cast it away and think that the news cycle is going to bail you out, in this case, it really hasn't, and there's money on the line, and shareholders are pissed. So if we had to talk about any other brands, we have to mention Ben and Jerry's. Uh, another headline that said Ben and Jerry's got the Bud Light treatment on the 4th of <laughs> July put out a post that said, you know, on the 4th of July, remember, we're on stolen land and we should give it oh, back to the geez. Native American communities, which I understand there was a, a backlash. However, this is what Ben and Jerry's brand has always been about. Ben and Jerry are hippies who've been arrested protesting climate change. This is what churns the this ice cream. This is what they do. I think the takeaway here is that the outrage speaks to the fact that some of their core audience or consumers missed that this was part of the brand, which highlights an issue in their marketing because That's it true. seemed like it came out of nowhere. When you go in... To get your pint of ice cream, it's not like they have a feed on the wall that shows all the things. And I would agree that what they put on social versus what you'd experience inside the space is very different. Gillette got in a lot of hot water January 2019, um, specifically using what people labeled toxic masculinity in their advertising, which sparked significant amount of controversy. And it ended up leading to a boycott of their products. We don't hear a lot about that now. A lot of these boycotts, like I said, they come, they go. They don't have huge impacts. The two we talked about today, they have had seismic shifts in the marketplace. And it seems like Bud Light really just lit that match. And now for something completely different. So if we had to put this to work for the marketing leaders, the CMOs, the business leaders in general, how do we navigate this complex landscape of today's customer market? First, I think it's understand the implications of your actions. I think that's a really, really important one. These brands took big bets and they really did not pay off. Second, it's stand by your values and be prepared for backlash. We're not going to keep everybody happy, but let's make sure that there's a rooted value with the decisions that we're making. Third, it's communicate effectively during a crisis. Crisis communication, not responding, opening up a door, farting in a room and leaving. That's not going to do it in today's world. People want to hear from you. And when you screw up, take it on the chin and apologize. Don't go dark and then publish some really cool looking TV spot that doesn't bail you out. Next, diversify your audience. 
ultimately with today's segmented world, we can speak to each audience differently. If we wanted to reach out to the LGBTQ plus community, we could do that in a very select way. And we don't necessarily have to speak to our entire global audience uh, with that same message. We can be smart with segmentation. And then the last thing would be stay adaptable. We're moving into a world where things are happening so fast. We need to be prepared for how our previous deck of cards may not work for the game that's ahead. For the great taste that won't fill you up and never let you down, make it a Bud Light. So if you had to take anything away from the show today. Mine would be whatever decision you make, stand by it, a.k.a. commit to the bit. And mine would be, don't ditch your core audience in favor of something new and shiny. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, smash the subscribe button or listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're out of here.